Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Trust the Tape, episode 19,431. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter, alongside the greatest college football insider and professional scout in the history of the world, wow. Dane Brugler. Sitting right there. I don't know if I live up to that. Whatever. But, uh, pretty, my ex- best. pretty excited about this podcast. We won't be able to do it next year because you'll probably be with the NFL team. And then I'll just have to make all my own scouting reports and publish them. It's going to be great. Uh, so go to Dane's Twitter handle at DP Brugler. It's not too late because the draft's not here yet. And get his draft guide. Uh, there's 46,000 players in there, give there's or take, yeah. right around there. Uh, scouting reports for way more players than you need. Rankings for entirely too many players that you don't need. And I was looking at my notes the other day, and I thought, man, that'd be cool if I could publish them, but there's not good enough language. There's a lot of bad words. <laughs> so I'll never publish mine, so you have to take, you have to settle for Danes. So take that. Uh, today on Trust the Tape, topic of conversation. How about player comparisons, Dane? You've, you've done it recently with pretty much all of the good players in the NFL draft, so we can take a look at kind of position group by, by position group and give people an idea of who these guys are by telling them about guys that they already know. How about right. that? Well, that's that's a tough part because and this is what happens in war rooms and it, draft meetings and it, general managers talking to a scout. Okay, tell me who this guy's like. You know, Jerry Jones wants to know, okay, well, T.J. Watt, you know, what kind of pro is T.J. Watt going to be? Give me, a, give me a comparison. That's what these general managers... Uh, you know, maybe some of the high ranking uh, in the in the decision making process who haven't studied these guys as much, who aren't on the ground, they want to know from the scouts. Okay, what kind of pros is going to be? The skill set. Who does it remind you of? Uh, you know, just draw me a picture. And so, now if you're a scout and the owner asks you and you like him, you just spout out a Hall of Famer real quick. Right. Exactly. T.J. Watt, very Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> You'll love him. All right, here we go. And you don't pick him. He's a little Courtney Brown mixed in with a little. Uh, yeah, I just. It, and if you're wrong, you're fired. It's uh, it's something that there's no such thing as a I mean, like a true apples to apples comparison. All these guys are so different. It's, so it's kind of you have to explain each one almost because there's certain things about each comp that makes sense. Where maybe just if you just listed these comps, they wouldn't make sense. So. It's a tough exercise, but I do think it's one that it's kind of like a mock draft. It, you know, it, it's it can be tough and it's time consuming, but it, it it's kind of worth it when it's all said and done. So, so should we start with the impossible group? That means that you have to tell me who each of these quarterbacks is going to be like, right? Which good it, luck. You're right. It, it is impossible. Um, Did it, you just pick middle of the road quarterbacks so that you're right no matter what? Kind of. So like <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, yeah. Andy Dalton. Okay. I mean, yeah, middle that, of the road. that, that yeah. fits. But no, I think that's like Andy Dalton's good enough to get you to the playoffs. Uh, you know, he's most times he's not going to hurt you. Uh, he might not, you know, be a guy that's going to win you games on a consistent basis, but he's not going to hurt you and he's going to give you a chance. And, you know, that's good enough to compete for the division. And I think Trubisky can be that. I think Trubisky has a little bit higher ceiling 
than Andy Dalton does. Probably but, more athletic. Uh, Dalton's an okay athlete. Yeah, he's, he's probably a better athlete. Um, but, you know, accuracy, check the box. Arm strength, check the box. Size, check the box. It's just, He's not elite in any one area, but he's just pretty good across the board. Now, who do I ask about second? Who's your second quarterback? Well, who do you want to know about? Well, I think we should put him in the right order, and we should go with Deshaun Watson next. Okay. I gave an Alex Smith call. Uh, yeah, I think with just the physical skill set. You're saying Deshaun's going to throw a lot of checkdowns? I'm saying that's where he's best. I mean, that's where I, I think he's... I mean, on tape, you see him throw down the field plenty, but that's not a strength as a passer. Uh, you know, you see plenty of throws down the field that are... It's a good idea when it's Mike Williams against a five foot nine guy. Well, that's it. it you, Deshaun Watson almost needs a Mike Williams. And, you know, you could say the same thing about Alex Smith uh, as to be a consistent downfield passer. So uh, I, I think the physical skill sets are somewhat similar. Uh, you, you just talk about them from uh, an intangible standpoint, you know, the intelligence... Uh, I think that that's a big part of it too. So I, I don't love it, but I, I do think there are some compare or there's some uh, parallels there. Okay, one of the ones I'm very interested in is who did you come up with for Pat Mahomes? Because I don't think there's really such a thing. All the arm talent no. in the world uh, plays like uh, I'd hate to accuse a college kid of being drunk during a game, but <laughs> man, it's possible. <laughs> like, well, his tape is it's an adventure. That and that's what makes his projection so tough is because. Okay, give me an example of a quarterback with his style that's consistently won games in the NFL. There isn't one. Nope. I mean, you want to throw out Brett Favre. I mean, I don't know. I'm not comparing him to Brett Favre. I, I mean, if you want to do that, you know, I'll more power to you. And if you're right, I'll give you all the credit in the world. But I'm not doing that. I'd be I, very careful the number of players I compare to one of the all-time greats. Right. I'd be careful with that. Exactly. Uh, and so with Mahomes... Johnny Manziel, because you strictly talking about without the rehab stuff, right on the field, off the field. As far as we know, Pat Mahomes not an issue. uh, Where with Manziel, obviously that was a big, uh, a big issue. His character and just off the field issues. But on the field, they do their best when they're outside of structure. When they can improvise, uh, they make some throws in college that there's just no chance you can make those throws in the NFL. Defenses will pick it off. But with what they can do with their legs. What they can do, changing their arm angles, kind of making something out of nothing. There are some obvious comparisons there to me. Now, can Pat Mahomes grow into a player who's more refined, more uh, structured? Sure, it's possible. Then we can. He has has a better chance if he just like goes to practice and stuff and is sober. (laughs) That that would make it uh, faster. Well, but how much of this is muscle memory? You know, and like that's what Johnny Manziel. I don't think he was ever really changing his style. That's who he was. And I think with Pat Mahomes, there you could say the same thing. That's just kind of who he is. And so, I could he change into a, a more technically refined quarterback? Sure. And I think if he does, then we can revisit this com- comparison. But for right now, I think the best one out there is Manziel. All right. Who is uh, Deshaun Kaiser, Notre Dame? I went with Carson Palmer. Um, I think there's, I think some obvious comparisons there with the size, uh, you know, the subtle movements that they can make, uh, just the arm field or downfield uh, arm that they can do, what they, the throws they can make. Palmer's obviously more accomplished. I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick. Kaiser's not going to be either of those two things. So everybody considers Pat Mahomes to be the wild card. If mm-hmm. if I was magically transported and somebody was crazy enough to let me be their GM for a day, Deshaun Kaiser is the one that scares me the most, both ways. 
As in, if you picked a different quarterback over him, I'd be like, okay, like, yes, this is right. what I want to do, right. but, right. and if they wanted to pick him, I'd be like, I think he could be really good, but, yeah, because you talk about, you know, movement skills in the pocket, size, arm strength, athleticism, whatever, got it. There's one box that I don't have, and it's like, he's not consistently accurate, That's, yeah. and I don't know who's fixed that. I think, you know, you're right, and it's something that everything you want in an NFL quarterback, he's shown on tape. You can see it. I, you can you can show me examples of every single thing you want to see. The problem is it just doesn't come with any consistency. Right. And so I, I think your, your point is absolutely correct. Now, he just turned 21 years old. I mean, there's something to being such a young quarterback. Uh, you know, the supporting cast he had around him this past year, the lack of support from his coaching staff. There's so many variables that go into the why and the, you know, what's going on with Deshaun Kaiser that I'm, I'm almost more willing to take a chance on him. Now the value is kind of the question. Where do you, where, where do you draft a guy like this? I mean, I've got a late first on him, uh, you know, according to my board, I have a third or a fourth on him, right. but it's well, the NFL. You take him in the end of the first at that point, third and fourth. Absolutely. I mean, right. I, if he's available in the mid second and to me, I'm, I'm rolling the dice right at mid second. I'm rolling the dice on my homes just because you, you might have something really special there. So, it's tough, but yeah, I went with uh, Carson Palmer for his comp. Davis Webb at California. Who is the comp for a guy that throws it well downfield and that's all he does? You know what? I didn't have a good one for him. Okay. I, I, that one was tough. Uh, I mean, the easy ones to say, like, you know, Jared Goff, um, you know, just because of the system they, they're Pick coming from. Pick a spread from. guy that threw it deep some? Right. I, you know, one read, uh, uh, you know, uh, play calls. Uh, Who it's, threw 10 interceptable passes against Washington? Oh, just... <laughs> Only Davis Webb. Yeah. Oh, how about that? How, what, what's your reaction going to be when he goes first round? Okay. It, it, it's such a quarterback-starved league that you could almost name anybody and just say he plays quarterback. And I'd be like, okay, I don't want it to be my team, so good luck. I mean, Davis Webb, again, these guys have families. <laughs> I hate to be mean to them. Exactly. Him. He can't read a defense. I've watched him play. Right. He has no clue. No. If but it, is it is he – because he isn't just not capable of it, or he just wasn't asked to do it. I don't know, but we're starting from the ground floor. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's walking into my NFL team as a first round pick, and I'm going to say, "All right, Davis, let's teach you to read a defense." Right. <laughs> okay. That's not ideal. Okay. Uh, is there anybody else in there? Kaya. No, let's move the running backs. Okay, let's move to running backs. Leonard Fournette doesn't have a comp. Uh, I gave. You have to go like decades back. Yeah, probably. I went Ronnie Brown. Uh, you know, okay. he, number two overall in the 2005 draft. I mean, he was a, a legit 4-4 athlete at, uh, you know, similar size as Fournette. Uh, so I, I think there's there, there's something to work with there. But, yeah, with Fournette, there just really isn't an apples-to-apples comparison for him. And so we, I, I said his name first only because now every mock has him going either fourth or eighth. Yeah. Uh, and neither one of us believes he's the best running back in the class. So we can I, start talking about the guys that are better if you want. I, real quick, I... Do I have to do mock drafts every week? And I just can't get on board with him at four to Jacksonville. I, I struggle with that. I, I've yet to put him at four. Our team's doing it just because Jackson. This is weird to say about a team that doesn't win a lot of games, but Jacksonville's really plugged a lot of holes in free agency, yeah. and one that's I guess kind of left. Yeah, is TJ Yeldon not good? Uh, Yeldon Ivory. I mean, I they're not they're they're replaceable, but are you willing to do that with the fourth overall pick? Not with that guy. 
Uh, it just no. comes. No, I mean, I. And this draft, I know it's kind of petered out. People talk about other position groups. This running back group is really, really, really good. Hell yeah. I can find you a starter in the second or third round. Absolutely. No problem. Absolutely. No problem. Give me Samaj P. Ryan with the fourth pick in the third round over Fournette with the first pick. Or the fourth pick in the first round. Random names. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Sure. Starting running back. Uh, yeah. Wayne Gallman. Starting running back. They're, they're out there. Right. You know, Fournette, obviously, Fournette's a better player, but with the fourth overall pick, uh, you're just not getting banged for your buck. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess Dalvin Cook would be next. For me, it'd be Joe Mixon would be the first one we would talk about, and I would give you the comp. Cause <laughs> What's your comp? Le'Veon Bell. And that's my comp as well. I can line them up wherever I want. Now, patience, size, speed, right? Catch everything, whatever you want. Joe Mixon. I think that's it. Makes too much sense this comparison with Mixon and Bell. Uh, obviously, Bell had his off-field issues. Mixon, his different set of issues uh, that you have to worry about. But yeah, I think you you nailed it with you know the patience, the athleticism at that size. Uh, what they can do as uh, receivers at the backfield, yeah, it, it matches up. I got a Dalvin Cook one, too. Okay, what do you can got? Can I try a Dalvin Cook one? Tell, me if, I, tell me if I'm right. Because if you say it's different, then you're right. But I'm going to go for one. Jamal Charles. I went with Devontae Freeman. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I guess with Charles, I see more better speed. Um, I guess more of a home run threat. Or, you know, like not as not as consistent between the tackles as I think Dalvin Cook can be. Um, with Freeman, I mean, Freeman's shorter, a little more built, and trying to ignore the Florida State connection. But I, I think with their balance between the tackles, uh, kind of the way they just they, they squirt through uh, little holes in the offensive line uh, at the line of scrimmage and, you know, attack the second level. Uh, I've heard the Jamal Kamara, uh, Charles comparisons for, for Cook, and I get it. I guess they're a little bit different because Cook is a little – is he bigger? He's 210. Charles is, Charles is probably around 205. It's between okay. 200 and 205. Okay. I just saw kind of the... I think in space. The foot in the ground and go. Yeah. Catch the ball. Run real, real yeah. fast. Score I, I touchdowns mean, yeah. by outrunning people. You can see it. You can see it. Christian McCaffrey. Brian Westbrook. I love this comparison. And I think if... Whoa, Brian Westbrook's going in the top 10? <laughs> I mean, what he gave the Eagles 10 years ago? I need Marshall Falk. I like it. Um, you think McCaffrey's going to go top 10? It's what I hear now. It's possible. It's what I hear now. Well, I mean, we're obviously basing it off of a bunch of people making mock drafts right. and assuming that some of them are talking to people. Yeah. And it sure sounds like he's top 20 for sure. Oh, I think so, yeah. That's what it sounds like. I think eight's possible with Carolina. Uh, we have running backs going while offensive tackles don't. That's awesome. Well, did you see that Christian McCaffrey denied to do any private workouts good yeah good I for agree. him i mean I, i'm surprised we don't see it more from first round players like wait you guys have all my times right i right. tested for you uh right. you have my my game tape and this isn't a quarterback we we're talking this is a running back right what are you going to show in a workout that you can't see on film you can't yeah. see at the combine can't see at the pro day it's all there and if it's 0.1 percent that i hurt something it's just not worth it right like, absolutely i'm going where i'm going what i do right here yeah i could come out here and run whatever you want and i'd look great doing it what if I hurt whatever? Right. Fabian Moreau's bench pressing at his pro day. It just cost him a round, maybe. And I, I don't agree with every position, maybe. Like an offensive lineman, you know, if you want to see him do certain things, you know, there, there's I think there are certain exceptions. Let me slap both my big old knee braces on and let's get to work. Right. But for a running back, I, I agree. Especially, if, well, a first-round running back. If you're a second- or third-round running back, maybe you want to show a little bit more. If you're a first-round running back, what's the point? 
Yeah. Uh, any other running back comps that you have? Uh, Alvin Kamara. I did Lamar Miller. Uh, and then Curtis Samuel. Theoretic. Uh, you know, kind of that explosive pass-catching option out of the backfield. I think Samuel's got a higher ceiling than Theoretic. But uh, Riddick has 167 catches the past three years. I think Curtis Samuel can pro- provide something similar. And what does he get? Like, Riddick's kind of a... 10 carry a game guy, right? Give right. Or take. Right. Yeah, I'll carry it some, but you're right. more here to catch the ball. Exactly. I don't, Curtis Samuel shouldn't be your feature back. Right. But he can be the perfect change up to whoever your fastball is. Yeah, and it's the way that the NFL is going is, you know, more often than ever, you've got at least three wide receivers and a running back that's coming out of the backfield. Curtis Samuel's right. perfect for that. Exactly. You can even put him, you know, run it all the way out. Uh, the, I'm a fan of spreading it all the way out. Yeah. I like four wide one running back, and the running back going out on a route. The team that misses out on McCaffrey in the first round gets you some Curtis Samuel in the second round. You won't be disappointed. Wide receivers? I'm interested to hear who you have for Mike Williams. Because I don't know. Like, Mike Williams, I would say better Kelvin Benjamin. Hmm? Okay. Where what he shows you on tape is really kind of slants and throw me the jump ball. Right. They don't really have the speed to separate, but I will win. And that was Kelvin Benjamin, except I think Mike Williams is a better athlete with better hands. I went with Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. I think it's similar mold to what you're talking about, where their bread and butter is going to be the 50-50, the uh, back shoulder, the jump ball, uh, you know, the simple slants. I, I think that fits exactly what you're talking about. Jeffrey, uh, you know, the bigger guy who is a solid athlete. Mike Williams kind of cut from a similar cloth. Corey Davis, Western Michigan, who, man, that's one of the biggest mysteries. We still haven't had a workout, right? No. You don't have times on anything. No. He played at Western Michigan. Yeah. He's my number one wide receiver, and I feel good about it. Just Is it top tape. 10 wide receiver? For yes. Him? I think I don't think 6'3 guys are supposed to move like that. Yeah. He's a great route runner. Just the way that he moves at almost Mike Williams' height. Mm-hmm. It's people don't move like that. You don't think it's deceiving going up against Matt Corners? I think that's I think that's part of the challenge. Yeah, is when you're sitting there trying to sell him, it's like, well, what does he run? And I'm like, oh, to four four nine. How do you know that? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he was running pretty fast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it's part of the challenge of evaluating him, I guess. But I don't know. I watch him play, and I think that that is a guy that has the size. He has the speed. He's able to run the routes. He catches everything cleanly. I, I had a tough time. Poking holes in it. I, I went with Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, oh, I, I loved Michael Thomas. Yeah, so did You're I. Okay. Uh, you know, because I think he runs faster. Corey Davis. Yes. Yes, I agree. I think he's a little bit more athletic, Michael. Michael Thomas. Uh, but talking about size, hands, they can hurt you at every level. Of the defense. You know, they're not just a deep threat. Not just uh, uh, you know, short to intermediate guy. I mean, he could really do everything with uh, the routes, uh, with his ball skills. So I do think Corey Davis might be a more athletic version of Michael Thomas. Which, well, I had a one on Michael Thomas. So yeah. anybody who's tweeted me about Jared Goff, if you wanted to tweet me about Michael Thomas and just tell me good call, something along the lines of, hey, at JC1053, great work on Michael Thomas. You're he, doing well. He was behind Treadwell, but we won't talk about that. Shh. For both of us. Treadwell was a different thing. Listen. I'm not giving up on Treadwell. Minnesota is where receivers go to die. Unless Apparently. it's digs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, John Ross, I went to Sean Jackson. Uh, I think that makes sense. Uh, you can go with several different, you know, undersized, speedy guys here. Really fast, skinny guys who right. aren't that tall. Uh, Ross is, a, I think, a little more. He's a better route runner coming in than yeah. any of those speed guys, though. Right. He's got more polish. Uh, he can he can do some more things. And which, more knee surgeries. 
Exactly, and that's the the mystery with John Ross. Uh, with Chris Godwin, I went Devontae Adams from the Packers. Uh, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry from the Dolphins. I, I think, you know, not a speed guy. He's a better football player than athlete. Uh, but I think you put him in the slot with the way that they can manipulate routes. Uh, they catch almost everything thrown their way. I, I think that could be, uh, a, I think that's a smart comp. Ryan Switzer, Cole Beasley. That was easy, right? Yeah, and I did my best to avoid the Found a guy that- <laughs> the white receiver for Cooper Cup. Well, yeah, no, that's no, that's great. But with like Switzer, you also have to factor in the five eight or whatever. Right. So yeah, he's Colt Beasley. No, yeah. that's someone. Someone asked me on Twitter last night about Switzer, and I said, well, I think he might be able to be a Cole Beasley, which is something I never thought I would say a couple of years ago. Uh, tight ends. OJ Howard. I tight think, ends. Good luck because yeah. you got one actual tight end and a bunch of dudes that are parading as a tight end. <laughs> OJ Howard, Greg Olson. You know, I think that's and if that turns out to be true, then absolutely Howard's worth the top 10 talk he's receiving uh and joku what vernon davis you know they both entered the league with so much hype as athletes i don't did vernon davis live up to that a top 10 pick i don't know maybe i don't think so i mean he's played a long time he's done some good things i don't know if he's necessarily lived up to being the top 10 tight end but he's been a solid pro uh, we'll see if Njoku can, you know, surpass that. Tight end's the kind of place where if I pick in the top ten, I need it to be a big time hit. Right. I want Witten or Gates or, you know, whoever. I want right. somebody who also Gronk. Yeah. Well, I want Gronk to be on the field. Yeah. Stop getting hurt. Next tight end, Jake Butt went Zach Ertz. Um, I don't think either really has that, you know, the difference making traits. Uh, What's not- his timeline? Jake Butt, because it was just an ACL, right? Right, and it was a clean ACL. He's already starting his rehab. Uh, the hopes are he's back at some point during training camp. You know, so he should be good to go for the start of the season. Hopefully, I think that's a great. Uh, if he's a third round pick, I think that's a great pick because I think. Oh yeah, I think Jake Butt might be a starting tight end by mm-hmm. week one, unless there's something medical that I don't know. Just watching him on tape, that's one of the very few tight ends that you watch him that actually has an understanding of route running. Right. You watch him get a guy who's actually trailing him, and you watch the way he runs a route. Like, I can't even see the guy, but I know that I need to shake the guy. Right. And watching him run routes, he's he, I like him. Oh, yeah. Sl- uh, slants and crossers, uh, it's kind of a specialty. Uh, the way he can uh, yeah lose linebackers or safeties across the middle of the field, uh, I'm with you. And if he's available in the third round, then, yeah, that's a heck of a steal at that point. I think with the medical reports coming back so well, I think probably Two. second round. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Adam Shaheen and Kyle Rudolph. Not really a great comp for... You're just looking for a huge person? Yeah, a huge guy that is a decent athlete. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, uh, I don't know. We'll see if that turns out. Uh, let's go to the offensive line. Ryan Ramchick. All of the offensive tackles are Eric Flowers. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> These teams hope. That doesn't ha- turn out to be true. I, for Ramchick, I want Jack Conklin. Um, you know, kind of the Big Ten blocker who... Uh, I think the, I think Conklin had the better body of work. I mean, he did it for a longer time, obviously, but I think they compare favorably with uh, the athletes that they are, the toughness, the body type. So that's what I went with uh, for. Uh, I mean, Conklin didn't have the injury issues that Ramchick has, obviously, but just the skill set. I think that makes sense uh, for Cam Robinson and Cordy Glenn. Uh, you know, both big guys who have some balance issues. Garrett Bowles I went with Eric Fisher. Uh, Eric Fisher was obviously the number one overall pick. He's a bust. But well, he's, he got an extension. I mean, yeah. I mean, has he lived up to being the number one pick? No. But when you consider how bad that draft was, the 2013 draft. Not missing terribly is a huge win. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. The, the Chiefs at number one and then the Lions taking Ansa at 
what, five or six. I mean, that was, those are the only two picks in the top 10 that really panned out, at least to, uh, you know, your satisfaction. So Eric Fisher got an extension in KC and, uh, you know, he can be solid, but I think the lack of, you know, core strength, you know, the uh, need for uh, refinement with their technique, I mean, that, that kind of fits with where Bowles is. Um, Taylor Moten with Rob Havenstein from the Rams, just kind of a functional, uh, you know, right tackle, maybe kick in the guard. Uh, Antonio Garcia from Troy, Cedric Abuehi. You know, the movement skills are there, but I, I think there's some issues there that could... But he can't block. Some issues that are going to keep him from starting right away. He's going to need some development. Um, moving the inside... All right, we got players here. Yeah. There are football players here. Forrest Lamp, Zach Martin. Uh, to me, it just makes too much sense. Uh, well, Forrest Lamp being all pro, time will tell. But I do think when you look at, you know, being four-year left tackles, the just a square blocking skill set. Uh, I think it's it just a, makes a, makes sense to make that comp. Uh, Pat Elfline, stick with the Cowboys. Travis Frederick. Uh, I think there's uh, sounds like you need to pick these two guys. Sounds like those two yeah. guys you need to pick. You know, Broadus told me Brian Broadus at DallasCowboys.com, who's more than just a web guy. Uh, he told me he, he's a web guy. He told me uh. Early on, he saw Travis Frederick in Elfline, and the more I watched Elfline, the more I bought in. I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and Elfline will probably be around somewhere in the second round. He'll end up being a steal, just like Frederick was. Who are um, the other interior? Where's my Feeney? You got me a Feeney? Feeney, I went with Where's Josh. Feeney? Josh Sitton. Uh, just kind of the no-nonsense finishers. Uh, not the most athletic guys, but they're not going to hurt you out there. Can play uh, guard, uh, either guard spot. Deion Dawkins, I went with Jermaine Effetti. Uh, Ew. Tackle, ew, yeah. not like my my uh, one year old. Yeah. Uh, tackle guard, uh, you know, there's there's things to like here. Uh, a little sloppy at times, but I think with the way they can move, their length can mask mask some of those flaws. Um, Dorian Johnson from Pitt with Anders Pete. Oh, that's the broadest guy. Yeah, uh, Pete's you know kind of thought that you know long term left tackle but he's been a guard since he got into the league and i think that's kind of yeah, that's cuz he wasn't a good left tackle yeah kind of fits dorian johnson there um all right let's go to defense now we're cooking now we're cooking miles garrett hate to compare uh, a guy clowny, to right? a future hall of famer oh. but demarcus ware okay i think plus 30 pounds yeah i said in. garrett well I, and demarcus ware has always been my working comp from the season and then, you know, because we expected him to be eh, 260 to 265, and he shows up at the combine 272. Uh, and then he tests off the charts. But I, I think they could be similar in terms of impact. Um, I, I think there's, there's a lot that goes along with that. If you want a real old-school comp, thinking about this yesterday, Miles Garrett and I think Bruce Smith. I think there's a lot of compare or a lot of uh, similarities there as well. Uh, so an old school, so multiple Hall of Famers, <laughs> multiple Hall of Famers. So right. Don't screw this up, Cleveland. All right, he's going. Miles Garrett is going in the Hall of Fame. Don't twice. screw this up, uh, Solomon Thomas, Big Andy Dalton, yeah, Michael Bennett. Uh, if I think this is pretty common for him because uh, he can play inside, can play outside, win with their hands, their short area athleticism. That comp is the only way you can explain to me why he could be a top five pick. Right, is that comp? Right. Is to just say, listen, don't think of him as a edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Think of him as a guy that plays up and down the line and just finds a way to win, like Michael Bennett. And so hopefully whoever drafts him uses him to that, uh, uses him to his strengths. Where, yeah, exactly, like a Michael Bennett, where he's not, you know, just put him at left end and that's where you're going to play. Uh, so hopefully the you know, defensive coordinator that gets their hands on him, you know, they a little creative. Uh, Tack McKinley went with Whitney Merciless. 
uh, former first round pick for the Texans, who's been a solid pass rusher for the Texans. Um, you know, hasn't uh, lit the world on fire, but you know, I don't, I don't think he's made a Pro Bowl. But uh, you know, you're he's not far away from one, probably. Right. Exactly. So I think you know, you got a guy who's uh, speed, the relentless effort. I think that kind of matches up. Carl Lawson, Brandon Graham, kind of short, squatty frame, upper body power, lower body quicks. Carl Lawson's going to Pittsburgh, and he's going to Pro Bowls. Yeah, I wouldn't count that out. Charles Harris, I went with Eric Walden from the Colts. Uh, you know, Walden's not you know the biggest name, but he had 11 sacks last year. Uh, he's not a dominant player, but I think he can consistently bring some speed off the edge uh, and, and threaten the pocket. So I think there might be something there with that comp. Uh, the interior, we got guys like Jonathan Allen, who... I think at his best is be careful Ger- here. You Ger- better be careful here. Oh, why, why is that? You better be nice to him. It sounds like you're going to throw out a name that's not that good. No, I struggle with Allen because, you know, is he's kind of in that maybe not a full-time three technique. Maybe you want him outside some snaps. Does he fit best as a five? We See, all- I just think that that dude is powerful enough that he and Aaron Donald are the two guys that can play full-time yeah. defensive tackle at 280-some-odd, 290 pounds. I went with Gerald McCoy uh, from the Bucks, and I think at his best, that's that's, pretty who, good. that's who Allen looks like to me at, at his best. Um, you know, McCoy's bigger, um, but I think when you look at the the quicks, the strength, I, you, they can both be equally effective, uh, providing a little bit of pass rush and then also stopping the run. Um, Caleb Brantley from Florida went with Terrell McLean, who's now with the Redskins. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Benny Logan. Uh, Even Malik McDowell comp. God, I didn't do him. I, I mean, David Irving really is the comp. Uh, and David Irving is a, a player who, if not for the character issues he had at Iowa State, I think would have been a early round draft pick. I saw Zerline do the redraft, and he had him going 14th overall or 12th or something like that. Yeah, I was like, I man, you really liked the end of his year, didn't you? I don't think he would have went that high. I mean, he hasn't proven to be in you know every snap kind of guy. I mean, provides a, a nice little uh, spark, but. And I like David Irving a lot. I, yeah. I I wrote him up in my report back in what draft was that? 2015 draft about how good he could be if he you know kept uh, his nose clean. But oh, it does sound like Malik McDowell. Well, well not even necessarily right. clean. Like I haven't heard that he's done anything wrong. It's just the word mature. Yeah, is thrown maturity. around him all the time. And that's I, I do think there are some uh, yeah not just talking about the physical skill set being taller guys who can play inside can play outside, but you also factor in just the maturity issues and things like that. So I do think there are, there are some, some comps there to be made. Uh, let's go to linebacker. You don't have a Duke Riley comp, do you? The great Duke Riley. I don't. Yeah. Not a good Just remember one. that Deion Jones had a really good year and Duke's better. Just keep that in mind. Everybody. It's amazing how much he followed in Deion Jones footsteps. Just a one-year starter terror on special teams. Uh, and you know, did well at the combine. Now he's going to be a second round pick. Reuben Foster, who is the comp for the guy that got in a fight with a nurse at the combine? Patrick Willis, which is tough because Patrick Willis is probably a future Hall of Famer. Um, you know, Willis is one of the best linebackers we've seen in the last decade. But Foster, just look at the skill set. Uh, it's similar. I mean, they they're very good athletes. They. I was they, shocked at the combine when he was six foot and two thirty. Yeah, I, I was like, "What are you talking about? That guy's six two, two fifty. I've watched him play, right? And that that's kind of a testament to how he plays." Yeah, and, and again, he, you know, web guy, the web guy, yeah. brought us. Mm-hmm. He said, "And I, I love this." He said, "Here's the thing about that Foster guy." He said, "When he tackles somebody, it looks like it hurts." Yeah, that's important. 
That is important. <laughs> it looks like it hurts every time. When he tackles, guys go in reverse. Yeah. You know, and that's just not always the case with some of these guys. Um, some of the linebackers go in reverse. But with Foster, and that's really my biggest worry with Foster is can he hold up for 16 games playing like that? Um, we'll see. And uh, injuries, the medical is already an issue for him. Hasn't been able to work out uh, because of that. Uh, rotator cuff surgery so we'll we'll see how much that could potentially affect foster and his draft stock on uh next thursday but okay hassan reddick ryan shazir uh, from the steelers i think you talk about guys with that type of athleticism can play inside can play outside can blitz can play in coverage just not many weaknesses because of that athleticism i think that's reddick uh zach cunningham with alec ogletree um kind of the you know the lane the lanky, long linebackers. You see speed, you see instincts, you see determination. Uh, I think that's what a big reason why Ogletree was a first-round pick and why he's been able to be productive uh, in the league. So I think that matches up. Uh, Raekwon McMillan, I went with David Harris, uh, you know, kind of a steady starter. You know, doesn't necessarily going to be an all-pro, but can be a, se- a steady starter for a long time. Uh, Harris was also a second-round pick. I think McMillan will be a second-round pick, so I think that that matches up. Uh, let's talk about secondary. Just hating on Duke Riley, huh? I don't Duke Riley's not, Duke. not Duke's not worth a comparison, huh? No, he is. I just the Deion Jones is kind of the. I mean, not only did they follow in his footsteps, but I mean, they kind of they're similar in ways. And I mean, it's not a perfect comparison. There are probably better comparisons out there, but yeah, for right now, that works. All right, secondary. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let's. I just want to know if you went there. Okay. Malik Hooker, did you go there? I did. Because I know the comp. Yeah, I did. Ben uh, Reed. It, it is. And it, obviously, you're uh, you know, already it, it, you're setting up Malik Hooker for disappointment already. Ed Reed was a better tackler. He was. Yes, he was. A uh, much better tackler. Uh, but when you talk about what they do best in the ba- deep half of the field, the range, the ball skills, the instincts, uh, it's 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 easy to see why you know you make the Ed, Ed Reed comparisons. Uh, How do you comp Jamal Adams? Because that's a he's a strong safety plus to me. Yeah, most strong safeties you think box right, really not a lot of coverage responsibility, but he can do it. And that's why I went with Landon Collins, who okay. who went in the early second round because I think you watch his Alabama tape, but he was giving up. I said he couldn't cover. No, he was giving up. I mean, watch Ole Miss game. I'll never forget how many, the touchdowns he gave up in that game. Uh, it, he just struggled with the uh, with anything that was thrown his way. So, but since he's been with the Giants, he's improved upon that. I mean, he's much better in coverage, uh, and I think that's something where Jamal Adams, he's not Mully Cooker in coverage, but as long if he can be a Landon Collins, then I think he's going to live up to the top ten hype. What other safeties did you do? Safeties, I did Buda Baker again, Tyron Matthew again. This is skill set. I'm not saying he's going to have a Tyron Matthew NFL career. But when you talk about skill set for that size, if there is a honey badger in this class, it's Baker. I thought it was Jabril Peppers. Hmm. I never understood that comparison. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I I didn't even do one for Peppers because I don't know how you compare him. I mean, he's not. uh, I don't know who's a running back that plays some defense. (laughs) Uh, Xavier Woods. Oh, my guy. Now we're cooking. Glover Quinn. From the Lions, who has had a, a great career with the Texans, one of the Lions. I think that that could be Xavier Woods. He's kind of does a little bit of everything on the field. Uh, you know, he's range and coverage. He's aggressive versus the run. Uh, I, I think that can be can be Xavier Woods. Obi Melon Fonwu, Sean Davis, a guy out of Maryland who 
you know, an overgrown safety might be able to help you out at corner a little bit. Um, I think Sean Davis went where he should have went in the second round. I don't think we're going to say the same about Obi. Obi's going to go about 30 spots early. Right. I agree. At corner, Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, uh, just that sudden athlete who plays sticky coverage, uh, very fluid, uh, just not going to give it much separation. I think that that's Marshawn Lattimore. Hopefully, you know, Janoris Jenkins had his issues out of uh, out of college, for, you know, transfer from Florida, and I think you know Lattimore he doesn't have the character issues, but the durability stuff. Only one year as a starter. I think that. You can make some uh, some parallels there as well. Uh, Tease Tabor, Malcolm Butler. I I'm not saying that he's going to be Malcolm Butler, where he's going to be this. Uh, you know, I think Malcolm Butler's probably would you say is a top ten corner in the league? Yeah, probably. Um, I'm not saying that Tease is ever going to be that, but I think when you just look at Again, the skill set. You look at uh, you, neither of these guys. Has, Tease is going to be my Treadwell this year. Where people are, yeah. everybody's saying, okay, you're picking a bust. Look how, look how he ran. Well, Malcolm and I'm but- saying, okay, I watched him play. Malcolm Butler at his pro day ran the four sixes. Okay, so he's not a, a great speed guy. I don't think he is on tape. It doesn't consistently hurt him. And I think you can say the same about Tabor. It doesn't consistently hurt him, but it is something you worry about. Um, these are guys that they don't have the elite speed. They don't have the elite technique. And that might not be, that might not work for everyone. I mean, you look at the Patriots. It seems like they're willing to, now, all the money they gave to Gilmore, the corner for agency. Uh, I mean, are they really? It doesn't sound like they're really married to. Are they? They've already already made up their minds that they're not going to re-sign Malcolm Butler when it's his his rookie contract's up. So, um, I, I think there are some comparisons there. I'm not saying Tabor's ever going to be Butler, but I think just a skill set is similar. Uh, for Kevin King, you have to say Richard Sherman, right? He's six foot three. Yeah, I I don't like love this comparison, but I want Trey Waynes. Yeah, you know, tall, fast. Can't really get on the field. Oh wait, does he get to play now? Yeah, they let him play now. Yeah, they do. Okay. Um, I, I think they, but they're both. I think they're raw in a lot of areas, and I, and so it kind of worries me when I make I think that. Kevin King's raw just at the line of scrimmage, right? And so when I make that comparison, it makes me worry about Kevin King right. in the first round because Trey Waynes. We've seen how hard it's been for him. His highlight tape's awesome. Sure, but uh, yeah. Show that to the owner if you like him. Full body of work. Uh, let's see what else we have. Fabian Moreau. I went Vontae Davis from the Colts. Um, Tredavious White. I went with Dre Kirkpatrick. And last one, Marlon Humphrey, corner from Alabama. Who is the corner in the NFL that decapitates people? Charles Tillman. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I think that, that kind of fits him. The size dimensions, the fact that they're both extremely aggressive, uh, you know, they can kind of create with that with that violence. I think that makes some sense. So that's some comparisons for you. Okay, well, I think we're good here, Dane. I think I'm looking at the timer here. 38 minutes and 20 seconds. I don't think we need to do questions today. We got one. Let's do one question. One we, question. We, we, do we have on. one good question? Well, I mean, we got some questions. Hold on. We have to make sure my laptop. Hey, laptop. How do you wake up a laptop? You have to hit the button. We have, oh, hold on. It wants me to improve my battery life, but I think I'd have to click a link to figure out how. There was one good question about um, what intangibles and there was an intangibles question. I'll have it here in about four seconds. How about intangibles and a prospect on the field? How much does it actually play versus talent on the tape? So then, this is I mean, it's a good question for right now because I think that's 
these are arguments you're having in the month of April. If you're with a team, you're in a war room, you're in those draft meetings, and you know these coaches are banging the table for some of these guys that are all the intangibles are there, the leadership, all that. But the scouts are like saying, you know, he can't play. And so, who wins those arguments? You know, the general manager has to make a decision. And so, how much do you weigh the intangibles and all that? It's just, it's the toughest part. I, I think if you could figure, I, and I believe in this very strongly, if you can figure out a player's mental makeup, I think that's seventy five percent of of your eval. I mean. We can watch tape. We can break down if he's a good athlete. Well, we had a ruler numbers. that could measure that. Right, exactly. That would be great. And so, you know, that's where you're, when you're a scout, you have to be a detective. I mean, you're talking to anyone and everyone in that building. You're going back to high school. You're talking to ex-girlfriends. You're talking to just basically anyone in the Rolodex. Don't talk to ex-girlfriends. Yeah. They're not going to They're gonna say oh, yeah. the worst. Well, maybe. Or maybe they say, you know what? I broke her heart, Dane. I, of course she doesn't like me. Well, and that's where you're a scout. You have to weed through the BS. <laughs> but you just it, there's no such thing as too much information. You know, you can you just give it all to me, and then you can, that's where you have to be a detective, sort through the evidence to figure it out. So, I mean, evaluating character, it's – I think first and foremost, you have to understand your culture uh, for your team and what fits. Um, you know, that that's going to depend whether or not you can bring on – a Joe Mixon. What's the culture in your locker room? Do you have uh, the leadership that can handle something like that when it's going to be a lot of PR backlash? So I think we talk about traits a lot. We talk about speed, power. We, we talk about the physical traits, you know, size. I think two words that don't get mentioned enough, culture and chemistry. And that goes to the intangible part of a prospect is how they fit with the team, with the culture and the chemistry. That's something that doesn't get talked about enough in the draft process that we need to talk about more. So it, do you have uh, any player in this draft that you would fight for, and it's because of the intangibles? Because I'm going to give you a name, and it has nothing to do with, like, I've never met the guy. I've mm-hmm. never talked to anybody about who he is. I'm basing it off watching him play football. And I think Des King, the Iowa corner, is going to be an intangible guy. Yeah. And I feel like you can. it bleeds through just watching him play football. Like, just passion, physicality. Teammate, leadership, all of it, you know, because he was one of those guys that we were watching a year ago uh, thinking he might be in the draft. And now I, I look up his pro day results and they say the 40 time was right around a four, six. He's five ten, but productive uh, in every, every, every way that you would want him to be productive interceptions, right. tackling, leading that defense. He's my intangible guy. And I say that without talking to anyone and doing any homework. Just off watching him play, I want him. I think the most the, the first name that comes to mind is Deshaun Watson. Um, I, I think that's the you know the the resume, what he's done. Uh, it, it's just hard to find anyone that says a negative word about him. Anyone that knows him, uh, but so let's stay away from him. I think Zay Jones from East, East Carolina is a player who has a lot of those intangibles that you look for. He makes a lot of sense. Uh, T.J. Watt. Um, I mean, you hear his coaches talk about him, and they just they glow talking about his work ethic, uh, how he just he refuses to be outworked. He outplays, uh, you know, what you expect. Uh, Hassan Reddick, I think, belongs in that conversation as well. It's a former walk-on uh, in the secondary who kind of transformed himself into this potential top ten pick. I think that fits. Uh, Chad Hansen from Cal, another one who he bet on himself. I mean, he was at, in the FCS level at Idaho State. And he said, you know what? I'm a Pac-12 athlete. 
so I'm going to go walk on a cow, bet on himself, and you know, two years later, you know, he's being talked about as a got him a full scholarship and everything, didn't he? Yeah, it's just so I think he belongs there. Uh, so I, I think those are some of the names in this draft class that make sense for me if we want to talk about intangibles and things that miss. And, and I think Derek Barnett's another one of those guys who didn't test overly well, and he won't. That's just not who he is. But you're talking about the intangibles, that, that factors in uh, the pass rush savvy. Uh, but what he brings off the field, uh, that's something that coaches are really kind of bang the table for. All right, there we go. That'll do it for Trust the Tape this week. That's at DP Brugler on Twitter. Dane Brugler, I'm at JC1053. Jeff Cavanaugh, appreciate if you guys are listening and following along. Hit the five-star review. And then when you type in your comment, just type in, man, I sure did like that content. That was good. Appreciate you, and we will talk to you next week. We're going to mock draft next week. We're going to do it live. Do it. We're going to do it live. We're yep. going to go to. We're going to battle. It's going to be a battle draft. Looking forward to get it. Get ready for it. Like battle toads when I was ten on Super Nintendo. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.